0: So our passage begins today with some sad news that John the Baptist has been arrested. We're at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry today in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4. And when our passage picks up, Jesus is fresh from the wilderness where he has spent 40 days being tested. He was practically still dripping wet from his own baptism. And he leaves the wilderness only to hear that John... His cousin, his friend, the great prophet, has been arrested, and he must have surely known what Rome planned to do with John. This was a formative moment for Jesus. From this time on, Matthew says, this is a beginning. Matthew quotes from the prophet Isaiah the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus' public ministry begins. And here we are, I invite you to read along with me, it's in Matthew chapter 4 beginning in verse 12 that I'll be reading today. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth, made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Nephali, so that when what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Debali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Well, this morning's message is for the wimps. I mean, if you have a heart of a lion, if you have nerves of steel... If you have a faith that can move mountains today and every single day, well, maybe this is a sermon you're just going to have to wait out today because this is a message for the faint of heart in the room. This is for the chickens and the scaredy cats, the ones who have never, ever volunteered to go first for the trust fall exercise at youth group. What a nightmare of a lesson that always was. This is a message for anyone. Who has ever second guessed yourself? This is the ones who've been hesitant or cautious and has never ever been accused of living life with wild abandon. If that is you, then this message is for you today. This is a calling story. It's a famous calling story of Jesus calling his first disciples. And it starts out with sadness. John has been arrested, he would later be put to death. The powers that be wanted John silenced. They wanted him gone, and there's no denying that drawing attention to yourself in any way can be risky when it comes to the Roman Empire. And yet, instead of withdrawing, Jesus seems to come even more into this moment, come into more fully understanding his calling and of who he's called to be as God's son. Jesus is on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, And he sees Simon, who we know would later be called Peter, and Andrew, two brothers. And they are on the shoreline fishing. This first century listeners would have noticed this probably meant that they weren't very wealthy, that they aren't fishermen that have enough money to have a boat. They're just fishermen trying to eke out enough fish to survive day to day. They are fishing on the shoreline. And Jesus comes to them. And says, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets, and they followed Jesus. Immediately. Did you hear that? Immediately. Matthew says, immediately, they get up, and they go with Jesus, dropping their nets, and walking into a new life as disciples to fish for people. And then Jesus comes upon three more fishermen, and they are in a boat. They're mending their nets. It's a father and two sons, James, John, Father Zebedee. They're out in the sea. They're mending probably not far from the shore. And Jesus invites them to come and follow him. Come, follow me. Fish for people. And they go to the shore And the two sons step out of the boat and go. Two more disciples. Amazing. They follow him. They leave their father Zebedee sitting right there in the boat. Now of all the people I've mentioned so far this morning, James, John, Simon, Andrew, Zebedee, the father, I suppose the one I relate to the most is Zebedee. The one who stayed put right in the boat. The one who did not get up and go. Maybe he realized he had responsibilities back at home. He had bills to pay. Maybe he thought of people he'd disappoint if he left. And who knows, after all, what the next day will bring. There's no retirement plan for following Jesus. And he probably knew well and good what had already happened to John the Baptist. He stays. There's anyone I relate to in this story. It's the father that stayed put right where he was, the one who didn't get up and go and follow him. You know, after Christmas, I took um, some time off with my family and we went to the Smokies for three days. And while we were there, we all rode one of those alpine mountain coasters. And if you've never seen them or heard of them, basically you get in a little individual car, like an adult-sized big wheel, and it's on rails, and they take you up a mountainside, and then you go careening down the mountain. And you can push down to go as fast as you can, which they say is up to 30 miles per hour, or you can pull up to hit the brakes. And as we were waiting in line as a family to do this alpine coaster, um, some people, I won't name names, declared that they would not hit the brakes one single time going down the mountainside. And I immediately backed up and knew that meant I need to go last because I didn't need those maniacs careening into my back and giving me a back injury for the rest of my life as they went down the mountain. I, I rode that brake the whole way down the mountainside without a hint of shame or regret. I understand Zebedee. He had a million good reasons to stay put. Simon, Andrew, James, John, how did they do that? How did they go? How did they drop their nets, step out of the boat, and go? How did they do that? They would become some of Jesus' closest followers. They followed him. They said yes in one big pivotal moment when it mattered, they said yes to Jesus. They probably had a thousand good excuses for why they could have stayed put, but they didn't. They were there for the feeding of the 5,000. They saw those baskets of bread and fish never run out with their own eyes. They saw a paralyzed man be lowered through a hole in a roof by his friend's just to get close to Jesus, and they saw that same man pick up his mat and walk out of the room. They saw Jesus disarm an angry mob who wanted to stone a woman to death for her sins. They watched him offer her mercy. They heard the Sermon on the Mount with their own ears. They were there for the teachings. For the healings. They were there as they saw Jesus take down walls of division between us and them and and make outcasts no more. They were there. To quote my favorite musical, they were in the room where it happens. They were there in that upper room for that Passover meal. They were there. It was their feet Jesus washed one by one. As he reminded them that that night he was giving them a new commandment to love as he had loved them. But how did they do it? How did they go? This calling story of the disciples has always made me a little uncomfortable. Because in my heart of hearts, I know I'd be the first to put on the brakes hey, this is going way too fast. Let me have some time to think about it and discern about it. I would have tried to make a little pro-con list, whether to stay or go with Jesus. And by the time I finished my list, they were already miles on down the road. How did they do it? Were they brave? Were they especially faithful and special? And then it occurred to me, what if... What if we call this a miracle story? What if this story is less about how amazing Simon, Andrew, James, and John really were, and more about how amazing Jesus is? Who could actually take common, poor, everyday, average fishermen and turn them into disciples? We know they weren't perfect The Gospels make that clear. We know they will make mistakes. They will miss the point. They will get tired and cranky and complain. They'll fight over who's the the most important. They'll even argue over who's going to get the VIP seats in the kingdom of God. And guess what? When Jesus gets arrested, they'll be scared. They'll be the wimps. They'll be the chickens running off, hiding, laying low. Simon, Andrew, James, John. I have come to believe that this story really isn't supposed to be about them. It's a story about a Savior who manages to come to us, broken, messy, scared, imperfect us. A Savior who invites us. Come, follow me with your life. A Savior who comes to the scaredy cats and the wimps and the shy and the nervous and the awkward and the anxiety-riddled one of all. Come, follow me. He invites them. They drop their nets And followed him. And what a miracle it is. All these years later, he is still inviting. He's still finding us in the midst of our broken and imperfect lives. And the invitation still stands to come and follow me. And today we actually get a front row seat as one of our own decides to answer with his yes by stepping into the waters of baptism. Caleb, it's no small thing you do today to claim your faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. And today, as you're baptized into the whole church, the body of Christ universal, today you say yes to him. But I hope you know and your heart of hearts said he has already said yes to you in a love that won't ever let you go. And I cannot imagine the adventure of life yet in store. What awaits? There'll be joy and there'll be heartache. There'll be lessons learned along the way. But I hope you remember a love that has already claimed you today. And to the whole church As we all get to watch Caleb today lead the way, I hope you will take a moment to reflect on your own yes, on your own journey of faith. Or maybe today you imagine a day when you too will step into those waters. Jesus is still inviting, just as you are. He's inviting you, even if you are so scared and so nervous, you feel like you can barely squeak out a yes, but he's still inviting you. Come and follow me. Yes, yes, yes. Amen.